Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. I'm Alex. And I'm Britton. And this week, we're talking about a movie that almost has the same title as a movie we talked about three weeks ago. <laughs> You're right. At least it's not the exact same title. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, Halloween made this mistake two different times. Literally twice, yes. Yes. Actually, more than that. Because Halloween 2. Roman numerals versus... The uh, the SEO is a little different on that, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm almost... uh, It's almost my birthday. And this is... So this Mm -hmm. is not my birthday podcast. I guess technically that'll be next week. Yeah. Um... But I'm not watching our next movie on my birthday, I don't think. But, uh, yeah, this is a movie that you can watch. I don't know why I brought up that it's my birthday. I guess I just want people to care. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I am glad that you didn't have to watch this one on your birthday. Yeah, I'll say that. I don't hate the was... movie. I, sh- I should... I, I, put that out in front this is not a movie that like hurt me in any way but i i, I this is this is so far the low point in the franchise for me yeah. yeah i'm just i'm just looking over my grades for the other evil dead movies and i, I think just overall um i'm ambivalent about this series as movies sure the emphasis on as movies dun, dun, dun. Who, who was sort of leading the charge to do halloween I'm pretty sure that was me. That was you? Okay. So I guess Alex has to lead the charge for the next horror franchise, because I led the charge for this one. Yeah. So I mean, probably I did, it will I mean, be... I did push us on the path of James Bond, which at, at some points did feel like a horror franchise. <laughs> true. Arsenic, yeah. So, somewhere in the middle of, um, I don't know if it was For Your Eyes Only, what's the one where he goes to Japan, where, where Connery goes to Oh, Japan? that's You Only Live Twice. You Only Live Twice. Yeah. So, somewhere in the third act of that one, that, that was feeling... Um, quite, quite uh, <laughs> disturbing. Um, but yeah, you gotta. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to be the one who gets really excited about like Final Destination or Saul or something. Oh my god, I'm Final, like, I'll I'll pull Final Destination. Well, well uh, Britain was not here for most of this, but if we want to actually go all the way back, I was the one pushing for Alien versus Predator. <laughs> that's true, but that's not. It's still not the same. Like that's it's true, yeah. it's what one might call original sin. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, the basis of a religion. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Our podcast episodes on Alien versus Predator. Yes, yes. The sacred text. <laughs> um, the sacred don't, audio logs. By the way, don't go um, back and listen to those. <laughs> the, the audio quality is not there. there is wait, wait until a, I do a recommendation for one yes. of those movies. <laughs> There's definitely a point during one of the one of the alien movies where I think there's just like a very loud like static noise for some extended <laughs> period of time. Well, that was when Thook Thok, the predator, got got into the yes. he got into yes. the mainframe. He hacked you. Um, Alex, what are the scores for Evil Dead? Twenty thirteen. E- Evil Dead from twenty thirteen, directed by Fede Alvarez, has a sixty three percent critic score on mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes and a sixty four percent audience score. Okay. Do you remember back when they made movies that were both for critics and the fans? <laughs> Do you remember those days? We don't get that anymore. Sure, this is the jaws of the jaws. <laughs> I said it like Richard Dreyfus of of Evil Dead. Um, <laughs> I those scores feel about right. I think I liked this the most of all of us from the vibes 
that I've okay. gotten from both of you. Um, which None is not... of us had seen this before, correct? No. Correct. Not a friend. Okay. Um, which is not to say... I think it is my least favorite, but I don't think it's my much, actually. Um, surprisingly. We'll, hmm. we'll, we'll talk through it. Um, but uh, I, I definitely feel like I am probably much much like with Halloween. I am like, yeah. Let's see where let's keep let's keep following along. Let's see where it goes. Yeah. <laughs> the most the most gung ho. Um I think this franchise in particular is uh hooking me on horror more than I have in sure. the past. I've seen, you know, a good handful of horror movies. We've talked about some of our experiences and things we've watched over the years, but this one in particular I think is like deep enough into like real horror movies uh-huh. that uh it is it is it's getting me uh used to going to dig deeper and i don't know next time i'll come by and recommend like i don't know what the most disturb i don't know i i maybe i don't know enough yet if the I bye bye man <laughs> <laughs> the most upsetting movie oh that would probably um, be like persian film or something i would say um sure. you could uh leprechaun just let's just watch leprechaun yeah do it um i i'll start off with I don't know. Actually, Britain will start off before I start off with yeah, I'll a do synopsis. The synopsis. <clears throat> the synopsis, of course, for Evil Dead 2013 reads thus, Mia, a drug addict, is determined to kick the habit. I will say the, the phrasing in this synopsis makes everything sound a little more um, plucky than it is. <laughs> you sounded like a game show contestant <laughs> Mia. or announcer calling the contestants show, and come on stage Mia! Mia, <laughs> Mia lives, now, in, it's like lives in Michigan and is a drug addict. You're a drug addict, right? You're on fentanyl. Now I believe the, well, I believe the Sackler family would have something to say about that. Um, to that end, she oh. asks her brother David, his girlfriend Natalie, and their friends Olivia and Eric, played by Lou Taylor Pucci, to mm-hmm. accompany her to their family's remote cabin to help her through withdrawal. Eric finds a mysterious book of the dead at the cabin and, like a big idiot, reads aloud from it, <laughs> awakening an ancient demon. All hell breaks loose when the malevolent entity possesses Mia. This is true. Yeah. L.T. Pooch had it again. I like how he is the only one you credited. I Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, mean, I have other things to say about the other actors. Yeah, I was—I was gonna say, just looking at the cast list, like that—that that would be the, the leading the charge. Would how be. would I mean, you? How do you not say that Jane, name? How Jane, do you not Jane, say Jane? Jane Levy. Well, Jane Levy. I have much to say about Jane Levy. One of my favorites. Right. Um, I've, we've seen Jessica Lucas. She's she's in Cloverfield. She's in multiple seasons of Gotham. I mean, we haven't. We haven't. She is in Gotham. I know her from multiple. Things. We haven't reviewed Gotham, <laughs> but we will. Let's <laughs> we do that episode where it's just about a guy tying balloons to people and making them float away till they die. Yeah. Cinema. Um, I I'll, I'll start off with more a, a more positive footing, maybe, and, sure. and then we can get into some of the the flaws and the drawbacks. Um, I really like this movie's approach to being a remake sure i think it's it's interesting and it's done with care for the source material while also kind of telling a new modernized story um i i think ultimately it does fall flat in that it it kind of tries to put inject some more character stuff in there and then it falls off somewhere along the way and and you know the the same thing as in the first evil dead it kind of gets to a point where it's just like all right now we're just 
get, we're going through the horror stuff. Yeah. Um, but the first one is never really about the characters that much, and this one is more, um, more more immediately tries to lean on that. Um, I think having it be a having it flip where it's like okay, it's it's now instead the original. It wouldn't be Linda in the original. Um, Cheryl. Cheryl, yes. Now the the Cheryl character is actually uh, going out to a cabin with her friends because she wants to quit drugs called Turkey. Um, and we kind of reframe everything around that. It's no longer like, ah, we're, we're having fun at a, a party in a cabin and things go horribly, horribly wrong. Like it, it gives a little more stakes and makes it feel more serious and a little more um, upsetting in some ways. Uh, there's little bits and pieces here that are, I think are nice callbacks without being like, Oh, we just, it's not, you know, um, I Rob, Rob zombie. There we go. I couldn't remember his name. And that was, that was a blessing for him. Um, <laughs> it's not, it's not his, uh, Halloween remake. It's, it's like, this is a, mm, ge- genuine attempt to be creative with the source material. Um, one really small detail that I I quite enjoyed is that uh, I think it is Mia is wearing a Michigan State sweater and mm. one of the characters in Evil Dead. I, I think I don't know if it was Cheryl or Linda was also wearing that. Yeah. I believe um, either Evil and Evil Dead or Evil Dead too. Um, and they mentioned like a couple things about them being from Michigan. Um, and it's like there's neat little things like that. Like it's clear that they have thought about this. Um, there's little things here and there, like they reimagine the instead of the bridge being this crazy twisted bridge that out that's out, there's flooding, and that's the the road is totally blocked off and you can't get into it anymore. Um so I think all of that is interesting. I like the approach there. Um and there are other things I like about it that we'll get into that are kind of more tied in with things that I don't like about it. <laughs> um but I like that approach. I think it really feels like a reimagining and not just like, oh, we got to do the same thing again. But now we do big spooky movie, uh, you know, 20 teens movie style uh, yeah. for a horror movie. Yeah, I definitely I, I would agree. I think that this is a movie that I don't I don't like it. I don't dislike it either. Like, I'm not mad at the movie at all. I think that it. And we'll kind of talk about these pieces as we go through it, but there are a lot of ways that it kind of sidles its way into callbacks to the original movie without feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm, we're beholden to that or we're chained mm. to doing that. Nor does it feel like we're like, it's just desperately plugging away. Like, here's your nostalgia. Here's the, remember this thing? Uh, like nobody says groovy, um, but, but yeah. they do. Well, hit, well. We'll talk about it, but, but you know, but those moments that I realized, oh, that's a reference to this other thing never felt like I was being beaten over the head with it. It never felt like it was pandering. It felt like, oh, we're kind of evoking that thing and backing into it and doing it in a different way, or we're kind of celebrating it. But the thing that I I, I found is, was in a way something I appreciated, but also something I, I found could be kind of a hindrance was the fact that they tried to give the characters more character. And... I think it, it kind of ties in with how the movie is grounded is not the right word, but the original movie that the, the, the makeup in that, in the original movie is so extreme. Like when they become demons, they're like caked, like layered in these 
prosthetics. They don't look like themselves anymore. They look like these other creatures. Um, they've got like all these prosthetics. It's completely changed and the tone changes so much. So you're like, this is not, I know it's not literally real, but this is not realism anymore. We are just in a new place. Yeah. And this one is is going for more of that. And so the violence feels more physical and it feels more possible, I guess, for, for want of a phrase. Like uh, when uh, Mia is going through all these brambles and thorns, like I literally was going to look at the ground during that. I was like, I can imagine too well what that feels like. And I think that by adding the these stories where, oh, she is a, she's in, attempting to be in recovery and I guess her brother like abandoned everybody and moved to work in a garage in Chicago or something. All Adding all of that stuff made the rest of it more upsetting to me because I was now like, oh, I know that that character's trying to go through something or that character's just the girlfriend who got pulled along on this. Yeah. And it, all of that felt a little more, not cruel, but more upsetting, which is part of the point. Whereas in the original one, it's like, here are five people. Crazy effects are happening. The end. <laughs> and yeah. it, it became a little easier to take all of the extreme violence because it was so clearly done on prosthetics and makeup. Where in, in, in here, they look still like people. And it feels a lot more like, well, if you put one of those electric turkey carvers on your arm, that's what would happen. Um, and so it, it, that, that I think, the, I, for one of a phrase, I'll say realism. The realism hit a little bit harder in this one in a way that I, I didn't love, I didn't judge the movie for, but didn't love it. And then on top of that, I was like, oh, and I know that Mia's like going through withdrawal. And um, and I think that that's handled okay. Uh, uh, Midnight Mass, the Mike Flanagan miniseries, I think there's a really interesting thing where it correlates uh, addiction, Catholicism and vampirism <laughs> kind of, Okay. works all of them together in a way that I find really interesting and that I I at least hadn't run into a lot. And that is a, you know, eight episode miniseries, whereas this is a 90 minute movie. But I didn't ever feel like her going through withdrawal added much thematically to the movie, other than it gave her some personal stakes and her it, some of the triumphs towards the end of the movie hit a little bit better, I think, for that. Um, mm -hmm. But thematically it doesn't really weave into anything yeah. other than that. And, and I understand this impulse. I understand Alvarez, the producers or whomever saying, Hey, let's, let's come at this. What are some things that maybe could have been improved on in the first movie? Oh, we'll give the characters uh, some more. We'll get into their relationships a little bit more and try to explore that a little bit more. But then you're also keeping it at 90 minutes. So it, it, some of that didn't work quite as well for me, but I appreciate the attempt. Yeah, I think it's, for me, a concept over execution sure. kind of issue. I really like this on a conceptual level. Um, just we're going to reinvent Evil Dead, but actually make it a horror movie. Because the original was uh, an attempt to make a horror sure. movie. And then ultimately it ended up you know becoming like this very cheesy, low-budget thing that happened to gain a cult following. And then after that, they embrace the cheese, and it kind of gets more extreme and more cartoony as you go. Embrace the so, cheese. <laughs> exactly. EA Sports, um, big. <laughs> you know, if that was the tagline of Evil Dead 2, I might raise have raised my grade a couple <laughs> of notches. Um, uh, but I, I, I like the impulse of, like, no, we're going to return to, like, the roots of this thing and try and make it just from the ground up a straight-up horror film. Um, 
And I remember being in high school and like the trailer came out. And I think that was one of the first times that I heard of like a red band trailer Mm. where it's like an R-rated version where they actually like show more. They're able to get away with showing more than than they normally would. Um, And I remember seeing that in like one of my high school classes with like a bunch of friends who were like, oh, my God, this looks like the most intense thing ever. And I kind of feel that this movie works better as a trailer than it does a full on movie. Um, Because like I said, conceptually, I I really like that idea. And uh, yeah, I, I, I like the rationale for them being at this cabin to kind of help get one of their friends to stop using drugs. Um, But then like, I I feel like at the halfway point, I was like, oh, so this is just going to play out like evil dead, just way more violent. Okay. Got it. It doesn't really have that many tricks up its sleeve. Aside from some of the Mia stuff. But then, like you said, I feel like the drug addiction angle, maybe it still works as a metaphor for her kind of dealing with withdrawal at the end. Yeah. But well, early I, I on, it plays with like, did she actually see something in the woods or is she hallucinating? Right. You know. And and like when she starts freaking out and she starts like attacking people, it's like, oh, is it is that because like she's just unhinged because of withdrawal or right. is there like actually... Yeah something more yeah. wrong with her um but it, it just feels inconsistent it feels very spotty and i don't feel like any of the other characters have enough to them to be able to carry this um which is weird because it is an attempt to make this more character driven but i i just i i feel like a lot of that just doesn't work um one of the fascinating things to me and maybe i would have i would disagree with my current self had i seen this back in 2013 um it's hard to say I was not scared by this. There were moments where I was like, oh, that's really gruesome and kind of disturbing. I'm unsettled, but I was never scared. Yeah. The movie has a lot of wincing. Yeah. uh, Yes. Is how it was. And it was interesting because I was kind of looking up, you know, how people, how, how it worked for people at the time. And I think what I saw was a lot of people talking about how when this was in theaters, it really played well and actually got a lot of laughs um because it's so over the top and they're like in in an audience you kind of like more fall into that like what and you're (laughs) also coping with it (laughs) yeah yeah and you're i mean and you know that i mean there's the all all the viral marketing for stuff like paranormal activity where you can see like people in theaters who kind of like freak out and then laugh a little bit after Uh like you know that i don't think that's uncommon for horror movies but this one especially being in the evil dead series having that sort of camp i think maybe it, if you're not watching it alone is like oh i'm watching a serious horror movie then you hit some more of that camp and you you feel a little bit more of that because there's there's bits um one of them that that immediately springs to mind is there's a sequence where one of the characters uh carves off half their face um and then uh our, our boy lou taylor poochie you yeah, have that right that's eric um he he steps backwards and slips on the piece of flesh that has been discarded like a banana peel and bangs his head <laughs> on the, the toilet or something or falls on the toilet like there's stuff like that that is so yeah. extreme that it, 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 i could see how like in a crowd everyone would react a little bit differently to that sure so i think that's maybe part of the disconnect there but it it is hot it's hard to f- see how that plays across if you're just watching this alone it doesn't quite come across as like this is meant to be a little bit tongue-in-cheek or a little bit uh tongue-in-cheek pun not intended um a little bit over the top like i think it's harder to feel it that way 
That makes sense. I think part of the problem is we don't really have a performance either from either of our leads or from the rest of the group that's we we don't have the charismatic like Bruce Campbell performance yeah. to kind of anchor it all and be like, okay, I can tell by the way he's acting that's at least somebody making this film is in on the joke. Yeah. Because everyone yeah. is playing it straight. Right. There like nobody is is like there's no wink wink nudge nudge at the camera. Like Britain, like you said, there's no at least in the main plot, there's no groovy. There's not a whole yeah. lot of one-liners. I think there might be a couple towards the end, but they're supposed to be they're they're treated more. more seriously. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's and there's not even really that in the first in in the Evil Dead in eighty one. Right. There's not fully that, but I think that um one of the things that I do like about this movie because I will then talk about the performances is that the I like that they don't there is no Ash, there is no Cheryl, there is no. Mm-hmm. They they don't try to re and I think that's smart. One and this was at a time when the whole big f- franchise shared universe thing wasn't as uh, being shoved down our throats as it is now. But one that makes it smarter because you can be like, is it a remake? Is it a sequel? Is this in the same universe? Is this the same cabin? Is this a different book of the day? You know, you can do all that stuff. But yeah. also, it's like at this point, nobody's having to go into this going. That's not my Ash. That's not my Linda. Cheryl should yeah. be acting like that. Yeah. It's it's more like this is a different group of characters, and and I like that like you said the sh- the the Cheryl analog is also the Ash analog, um, and the Scotty analog is also the Ash analog in that he's like the nerd, um, you know they have these kind of like yeah people are there and and that in this one when the sister is begging the brother to get get them out of there it's she's like no I I there's devils and demons we gotta go and he's like. Oh no, we have to stay here because the nurse who is here in the uh, really amazingly written expository dialogue at the opening told us she's <laughs> she's a nurse. You're a doctor, right? Nurse, all that business um, has said yeah. that you're going to try to get out, and we have to keep you here to go cold turkey and go through withdrawal. So you have those kind of moments. Um, I I do think that the cast, you know, no one really gets to to be great. I think. Jane Levy's so talented. She's so magnificent. This is far predates um, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which is, I think, genuinely one of the best TV shows of the last several years. And I will, is on my short list of proselytizing TV. Like, I think it's Mm -hmm. so beautifully made. And I think she's so good in it. And it's a great show for a lot of reasons. Um, But I think that that she does some good work here. And she does get some cool stuff towards the end. She gets the (laughs) chainsaw. She gets to say, eat this MF-er. Which is which I like, um, but like I, I, I she just does a very good job. But like you know, Shiloh Fernandez, he's he's in it. David is nothing, <laughs> you know. I yeah. think he's the biggest issue I run into is that I I really feel like you got to get somebody who can because I don't think the script is even bad necessarily. There's a couple places where it's like I think it's just bland. A lot of that just doesn't. A lot of the intro dialogue when the, when the movie is setting up, these are who the characters are. It's very like just get the information out. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It, you could you could probably do like somebody could. I mean Bruce Campbell, you know, and yeah, 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 in the same Bruce Campbell, maybe not so much with the first Evil Dead, but like where he was at in the second Evil Dead, like he would play that more. Like it would. It, you need somebody who can who has very strong expressions. Yeah. Um, and I think he he really does like just not 
it, like he just is so i mean it's very taylor lautner in twilight it's it's mm. that sort of like sure maybe not quite that that like aggressively poor <laughs> performance not to not to hate on uh shark boy but no 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 um the, taylor he's, swift he's, doesn't just date anybody i'm sure there are other things he's been in that i would like him in more um but i i it is just very I mean, it's it's a we we make fun of the Dylan Minnette performance a lot. Apparently, Dylan Minnette is in Fed Alvarez's other movie, Don't Breathe. Oh, really? Um, That's right. And I should so, say we, we, the Dylan Minnette. We don't mock his acting ability. It's the like, how many uh, white guy actors can we get confused with each other? It, he he yeah, has he has the, become the stand-in name for. Yep, you got a white guy. And it's like that look. It's like the. Yeah. This is this is someone who does not really have a big project attached to them that makes them stand right. out. They're just like they're there. They can stand and they can be a lead. They they've they've got some muscles. Yeah, they're they're taller. Like you know, like that's yeah. that's kind of just the the whole thing. And, and it I just, will I will say this this whole Dylan Minnette business. It, it started with me, unfortunately. And maybe this is just like like a like a. a, a a self-centered thing where I'm like, I know if I was cast in a movie and I n- would never be, but if I was cast in a movie, I would be in the Dylan Minnette role. I just know it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it, it, it really, I feel like you've got to, I think because of the way the movie works and we'll get into the ending and I actually like some of that, the, there's, there's a twist on yeah. the, the original that I like. Um, the way, the way the movie works because of that ending, you do need your main your your Cheryl stand in to be an actress who can really pull the audience in. So I think Jane Levy, Jane Levy, I keep uh, saying Levy. it differently every time. Um, I think she, it's a good choice if you're gonna like splurge on the budget a little. And I don't know what she had done up to this point. I know she was in a ABC show. Suburgatory. Like, not Suburgatory. There we go. It's pretty, um, it's pretty fun. I think that's the first time I'd seen her because that would come on after like all the shows I would watch with my family. Yeah. Um, that was kind of her when, when a lot of people went, oh, you got something, I, kid. She is also in Don't, Don't Breathe. She's the lead in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. She's in Monster um, Trucks. <laughs> is she really? Like, oh, yeah. my but goodness. Is, is that a movie, or does she just... Like, it's a, well, I mean, Trucks I don't know sometimes. what her interests are. But, yeah, it's a movie starring <laughs> the blonde... Starring uh, uh, Lucas Till, or as I call him, Malibu Dylan Minnette. Oh, all right. That's very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... Uh, I don't know what else she had been in up to this point, but clearly, like, I think she feels like the one who they have identified as this is our really, She's this is a person who has a lot of talent and we know that we want to bring her in for this. Um, and I, the, you know, this is a, a small budget movie. It's not yeah. like, it's not, I, I forget exactly. I checked and I don't remember. I think it's like under 50 million. Someone oh. correct me if I'm wrong. Someone check. That I mean, that sounds right. I mean, you've got um, five five people in a cabin, and it's most yeah. of the money goes to the effects. Like, yeah, yeah it sense. might be quite a bit less than that, even. Um, but that is like, <clears throat> I, I feel like you got to have that main guy be someone who who brings a little more natural charisma to it. Um, yeah, I, I, for some reason, my mind was going because because Britain, when you said like at least they didn't like do Ash or like just like do those characters and just have a straight up remake mm-hmm. my immediate thought was i'm just imagining like ben barnes in this role yeah, yeah. like uh, like oh, a, a budget was yeah. seven budget was 17 million estimated. yeah there you go yeah yeah um but, now but granted like 20, i like ben barnes but i know what you're saying 
but like a 2013 Ben Barth, I think he'd work yeah. in this version of the movie. But I was thinking of the cynical, no, he plays Ash and they cut sure. off his hand and give him the chainsaw and then he sure. tries to be Bruce Campbell. That would not work. But that's... Yeah. No, I think... If I Sam like Raimi the... and Bruce Campbell were not producers on this movie, that's probably what they would have done. Yes. They would have sure. gotten Brett Ratner to do this over a weekend and Ben Barnes would have played Ash. <laughs> Taylor Kitsch, but Ouch. go on. Um... Taylor but, Kitsch would have been Eric. <laughs> but Taylor Kitsch would have been like, that's what I'm saying is like, you have to divvy that budget up somehow in a way. Yeah, like, I think, I think he actually would have been too big to, to, yeah. for what you're this, trying to do with this. This is post, this is post, uh, John Carter and, uh, yeah. Battleship. He, 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 he's just, he's there to look pretty. He's fine. Sure. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe he would have been like, yeah, I'll take the win. Um, <laughs> but, or maybe he would have been like, "No, I got this, John Carter. You're, you're filming now. I got John Carter coming out. I'm gonna be a star. You can't. You, you can't <laughs> I'm gonna be busy. Um, you can't tell me what to do. I'm just <laughs> waiting um, for Regis to call. <laughs> <laughs> um, Taylor Kitsch, come on the podcast. I'm sure Please. you're a good guy. Yeah. Um, I can talk to him about the terminal list. Yeah. Um, and I can talk to him about Friday Night Lights. There you go. Um, Tyler can ask him about X Men Origins Wolverine. Like we've all got our, our questions. Sure. Who detective. are we kidding? I'd at who are we kidding? I'd ask him about X Men Origins Wolverine. Go yeah, on, Tyler. Um, Go on. Stop, <laughs> stop stealing all the Taylor Kitsch questions. <laughs> what is um, it with you and stealing Taylors, man? Um, I uh have lost my train of thought. The basically, I I really think that stuck out to me early on. Is like we're following the character david for a while um i'm not trying to like bash on Charlie fernandez no, 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 or anything no, no. like i don't i haven't he, there might be other things that he like is is given more to do or that plays more to his strengths but in this one it really is like yeah it's kind of just a stand-in to be like a, a sturdy guy who just is there and he uh provides a presence by physically taking up the screen the screen like it, it is yes not really played up into anything and I think you need, you almost need someone who's weirder. You don't need an Ash, yeah. but like Bruce Campbell's performance in The Evil Dead is weird. <laughs> like yeah. he's, yeah. he's, he's sort of campy. He's almost not good. Like he hasn't yeah. figured out exactly well, his, how his to hands, act his in some ways. His handsomeness is almost like secondary or tertiary to what yes. makes those performances work. It's that he's, Cause he's like, yeah, he's goofy and he's sort of complaining about everything. And it's just like, what is yeah. going on? Um, I like think, that's the stance and I you need somebody who I think can you don't you don't need to do the horror movie. This is like the the biggest thing that I think this movie does when you look at the uh modern blockbuster horror movie trend of like having someone who it's like oh we, our teens have to look like big hunks and cheerleaders and like you know the 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 prettiest girls like they they right. really emphasize that where like the first movie is just yeah, that was some Fair people, college kids. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's a big miss here is that they went for a casting of someone like that and yeah. could have found somebody who's a little more interesting. And then I think would have made the the stakes in the finale, which we'll get into a lot, feel feel a lot more heightened if we're really invested yeah. in that character just from the performance. Like, yeah, needed a bit more of a swing for me. Well, I think I, all, I, wanted, I wanted more. Everybody in this movie is like a conventionally hot person. Um, I would say Jane Levy is the only one who, and I'm not, I think per personally, I think Jane Levy is gorgeous, but like 
if we're talking about types, you cast like a jock, two cheerleaders, and like the hot teacher. And the nerd. And and then Jane Levy, who's still the hot nerd. Um sure. like that's kind of what, what the casting type is. And I think Charlotte Fernandez in this, it's kind of akin to previous Britain recommendation Seventh Son, where Ben Barnes is very talented and they were yeah, just be handsome. Just be in it. Mm-hmm. Um it's interesting because I think that I think Lou Taylor Pucci really does like lean in. I think he tries. He, um, Tyler and I will recognize him as Benji from season one of You, um, the oh. uh, the boyfriend of Beck, who uh, Joe has some interactions with, and at one point calls a waste of hair, which is great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, looking up what he looks like in You season one. Carry on. Yeah. Um, but I think like uh, that, that he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think he really gives it his all. And I think, uh, Elizabeth Blackmore and Jessica Lucas do too, but those characters have nothing. Like Natalie's role is literally the girlfriend. Like I (laughs) was trying to figure out. So I like early on in the movie, I was looking up like, do I know any of these, any of these characters? Like, uh, you know, after I think there's the opening credits where there's a, uh, witch who was burned, who I guess ends up being our, ghost lady towards the end yeah um they after that i was kind of like all right i i see my cast here i see who we're working with for the movie let me see if i know any of them um and while i was doing that i missed the single line where david says this is my girlfriend natalie Mm -hmm. um and she i think gets no other lines except maybe she says oh we can't let um mia leave because she's gonna be yeah working through her her addiction uh or her withdrawals um and then halfway through the movie uh they reference again that they're dating and it's like in a way that was so matter of fact that i was like wait did i miss something and i literally (laughs) went back and i was like oh i did miss the one line that established that because they do not have charisma or chemistry like there is no they don't they don't attempt to make that happen at any point during the movie like there's no yeah they don't really interact that much um yeah it was very very jarring i feel like she gets two lines before she has the scene where she has to cut her arm off um yeah which credit to her she sells the heck out of Mm -hmm. the 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 going nuts and cutting herself up and everything she's good with all that stuff it's funny because it's almost a parallel of i think we talked about how we were very confused about the revelation that uh cheryl is ash's sister right right <laughs> it's almost the opposite thing where it's yeah like, now we we don't know that linda is his girlfriend yeah that's true i like i do kind of feel that there's stuff on the cutting room floor well yeah um, people's maybe. arms and faces and yeah. yeah but like Your there's the cats. whole bit where they seemingly kill natalie and then like oh, right. her body just kind of disappears like it's never they never right. say like oh he tried to bury her as well like I don't know. There, there was uh, something tells me that stuff's cut out of the movie. Okay, possibly. Um, yeah. Well, I, there were there were just weird moments like that where I'm like, wait, why is that character there? Or like, there's it feels like there's missing dialogue. I yeah. Yeah, yeah. I um, I I, I liked that they had like I think you see Mia draw at one point, which is kind of like Cheryl mm-hmm. drawing when when Mia's facing off against uh, evil Mia, bad Mia. Um, you know, she's about to get a hatchet and then she looks on the upper shelf and it's a chainsaw. Uh Uh-oh. Um, (laughs) that's pretty cool, but they still don't have her like put on her hand. Like, I, I, I like those little allusions, uh, to the previous movies. Nobody, I think someone says you're all going to be 
dead by morning or something or dead by they don't say dead by dawn straight up sure um and i just like that the movie was aware enough of the the previous movies without being desperate to remind you of the previous movies for the most part you wouldn't recognize something as like if you if you hadn't seen any of the others you wouldn't recognize something as being like oh that's supposed to be referenced you'd be like yeah it's part of the movie okay yeah exactly you wouldn't feel left out um which i think is one is just nice given the age we live in currently where it's like oh good that's a headache i'm tired of that stuff (laughs) um you know that that's 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 my my wee girlfriend natalie (laughs) i um I think stylistically, the it feels a little bit bland in places. I don't, I don't think the movie looks bad. Um, I think it's it's especially on this budget and everything. I mean, it's, it's a yeah. well-made movie, um, but it it feels like there's a lot of standard horror movie, modern stuff, Dutch angles, all all the all the usual things, and then, um, occasionally it'll do kind of a throwback to the Raimi style. And I, it never really works in the movie's favor. It, it, there's stuff about the monster going through, the, or there's stuff where the the monster, the presence is going through the trees, and it's the same kind of camera right. trolley. It it doesn't really have the same effect, I think, because the rest of the movie's not really shot in that kind of almost janky way. Um, and there's no, uh, I was gonna say, there's another another thing that they do. Oh, there's there's several zoom ins. Like yeah. the, they'll do the, the thing he does where <clears throat> some you know characters reacting to something and you zoom in to increase the tension or whatever. I um, mean it's and it almost looks silly, but it kind of works somehow. Um, that that is done a couple times and never really feels quite right. It, it feels a little bit awkward for uh, I guess Freddy Alvarez or his cinematographer, however. Yeah. However, they try to figure that out. It doesn't always meld quite right with otherwise a movie that just kind of looks like yep the modern looking horror movie that that was a big thing with me is that i just wasn't crazy about how the movie looked purely from a britain's taste and aesthetics perspective mm-hmm. it looks like you know everywhere's kind of dirty the color's a little drained it's, and one of the things that i kind of liked about evil dead one is that that the early parts of the movie one we talked about how beautiful the movie looks throughout the movie but there those are people in a cabin and you're like yep that's where they are and then it gets disrupted and warped yep. and you have all this crazy stuff happen here it always looks kind of unappealing they always look like they're in kind of a gross unsavory place and i feel like it could that could be intentional to set tone and everything early but it also kind of you don't get the disruption that that yeah. you do otherwise and and i just don't love a horror movie that that looks like that i don't like the the bathroom with all the mold in the in the tiles and the grouting i don't like the flickering one light in the mangy bathroom stuff like it's just not my my chosen aesthetic for for horror movies um so so it, this movie doesn't go as far with it um as as others do but it was still kind of like yeah all right not not for me yeah i kind of feel the same um, at least with the way the plot is set up, uh, like it's it, it's explained why it looks right. the way that it does, where it's supposed to be, oh, apparently like uh, some time ago, this house, the cabin was kind of abandoned um, by David and Mia's family um, is kind of the I, I guess just like a holiday cabin that they would go to every once in a while. Um, 
And then at the beginning of the movie, the, there's like this separate uh, Evil Dead plot going on where they end up having to sacrifice a girl to save her soul because she's been possessed. Yeah. And it happens in this cabin, I guess, because it's abandoned. Um, so they show up and it's just completely wrecked and they try and clean it up. And of course, everything starts to go wrong after that. So there is an explanation. Sure. But I feel like it, if they had been able to make all of the the familial stuff with David and Mia more resonant, like that could have worked of like, oh, we're coming back to this thing that was once like really lovely and and something that we remember. Yep, childhood. Quite quite fondly. Fondness, yeah. And there's a couple of moments where like there's still pictures there and they kind of look over them. Um, there's a necklace like, I, that they... Which, is that the necklace from the first Evil Dead that Ash gives I, Linda? Is that supposed to be a... I think uh, it's similar. I don't think it's quite the same. I, I think it's, again, like an illusion of that yeah. design. Yeah. Illusion too. Um, but yeah, I feel like they needed to play that up a bit more. Um, I, I think that's that's that was kind of the thing that frustrated me. Is like I really wanted to get attached to that relationship and really care because um, it feels like they tried to put in the legwork of like, Oh, no, no, there's this whole backstory with their mom um, being mentally unstable and she ended up dying in a, in a, a mental hospital um, and David was not secure enough to, like, feel comfortable being there and that's kind of why he left. Like, there's a lot there to unpack and the movie just kind of, like, breezes through it with some exposition. Yeah. And it's just like, you feel something, right? No, I, I need I need more than that. I need the characters talking and emoting to each other more. I can't. Yeah. They can't just be trading exposition. You need to have more than that. And that's um, yeah. I I'll just say I I feel like the closest the movie comes, and this was all over the marketing too. The scene where Mia, after she's been attacked in the forest, she's just kind of like balled up in in the room, and she's telling David, "You have to get me out of here." Um, and I was like, "Oh, that is." All right, she is selling me on this. Yeah, that yeah. is fantastic acting. I think that's the best acting in the whole movie. Um, and like I said, there's a reason that they put it in all the marketing. Like, I'm pretty sure, yeah. like, in the trailer, like, that's the scene that they led with of, like, mm -hmm. nope, it's serious. Take us seriously, please. Yeah. Um, but if they had played with that more, I would have been a lot more on board. I think it's something that I I've had a weird entry into horror. Not weird. But where the movies that really got me into horror or got me into like, yeah, I want to explore more of this were movies like Get Out, Hereditary, Bone Tomahawk, Midsommar, like yeah. films that are definitely longer, but also going for a very different thing. Um, these are not like stripped down, you know, pulpy kind of horror movies. Yeah. And the ones that I have gotten into that I've enjoyed in that vein tend to be movies that I kind of are, are good, bad movies like Countdown. Uh, but they're not Halloween movies. Resurrection. Halloween Resurrection. Um, where it, it's it's rarer. I don't have as much experience with movies like that. So when I think of the horror movies that I really love, they feel more like, I don't know what an art film is, but they feel closer to that into the spectrum where there's like, oh, there is a social commentary or a thematic thing underneath the horror that we are yep. really going for. And so I was kind of spoiled on that a little bit or the cinematography, I was spoiled on those movies. And I think in this one, it's it's tough to to do both the amount of, of foundation and character building that it needs to do to get that emotional resonance, but also do all the crazy demon stuff you want to do in just 90 minutes. I'm not saying I want a, a, a movie to be longer necessarily, but 
I'm not saying this has to be two and a half hours, but that's something where it's like, ah, when I think of a 90 minute horror movie, I almost think of like, oh, this is just supposed to be like a pulpy kind of experience. Like I'm not, it's not supposed to be necessarily resonant, which is more on me than on, on movies. Uh, but I, I feel like they almost get more out of David's relationship with Eric and how they have this like schism between them mm-hmm. because of Eric's man. Cause then, or it's uh, David abandoned him. But then when he goes back, like Eric is the one that attacks him. And then David kills them both by burning the cabin down. So that's all that almost has more resolution than David and Mia in a, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't just tell me they're friends and like, that's it. Like, right. What do they bond over? Like, there's no dialogue of, like, establishing camaraderie or anything between anyone. Yeah. Yeah. There, There's a couple of bits maybe with David and Mia, but of course that's where most of the, the focus is going to go. Um, yeah. And it also doesn't help that Eric just reads from the book. That, I know you can argue of, like, the whole time. He, he, he's the <laughs> academic. No. So, like, he's curious <laughs> about the book. But like, do you remember, hold on, hold on, I'll just say, do you remember when we reviewed the first Evil Dead, I was like, oh, that's really clever that they're not the ones that read it. It's from this audio journal that they have of the professor. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember you saying, one of you said, I don't remember which one of you, but one of you mentioned that you thought that in the 2013 one, they actually just straight read from it. Yeah. Um. And they do, and it's so much worse. <laughs> well, I thought it was going to be because... like, he, he was a scholar of this text or something. He's not. Sure. <laughs> He's just like... We need, to, we need to establish this because I think the the fine details are really missed here, too, that they find the book. The, the, I, I want to talk a bit about, after this, the kind of mood and atmosphere and the way that the, the pacing of the movie works works against it. Um, there's a lot more in your face kind of stuff. Like they go into the basement, there's just a bunch of dead cats. Yeah. Um, versus, you know, the cellar with the dripping water that eventually becomes blood, like all that, you know, is handled totally differently and, and it is more of a slow burn, slow burn payoff kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> but they find the book it's covered in, uh, it's, it's in a trash bag and wrapped in barbed wire. Um, it feels like, probably should have been buried by whoever had it yeah. last if you're gonna go that far but whatever um <clears throat> they eric takes it back pulls the carefully pulls the barbed wire off opens the book looks at the book sees that the warnings in the book say do not read hear, uh yeah. speak do do not think about the words in this book yeah and they're all crossed back. out they're all crossed out with with like pin and like they've all been scratched out all the words on the page that he's looking at. Yeah. And then he takes a, a piece of paper, rubs the <laughs> original engravings of the words out on the paper and then says the words out loud. Yeah. And it's so like there I kind of figure I mean the thing that's already partially an excuse built into the first one which again goes even farther of another layer of realism to be like, they're just listening to something that they, that like uh, Scotty thinks is fun. Cause it's kind of creepy. Like that's, yeah. that's kind of what he's leaning into. And they're all college kids just having fun. And that is the like kind of standard tropey horror movie excuse of like, ah, well they, you know, we can excuse the fact that they're kind of dumb because they're not, yeah, because one, they're one just, of them thinks it isn't real, and he's like, "Oh, come on!" Yeah, they're just yeah, yeah. They're making fun of each other. This is literally a guy just sitting down, being yeah. like, 
I'm going to read this. Right. I'm going to read this so hard. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to get around the ways that they have tried to stop me from reading this. It is, uh, I had a, I feel like I, I thought of a comparison to like a scene from SpongeBob or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like I think it's, that's what it feels. It feels like Patrick. It feels it like, does. Yeah. I want to read this book. Like, I, I think I'll read it now. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it just is so incredibly to the point and, and spare of any sort of explanation for his actions. <laughs> like I genuinely yeah. thought he was going to be revealed at some point to be like a, he's actually trying to bring the demon right, back. Like right. he's a, you know, he's got an ulterior motive during all of this. Cause it's, it's so direct. It's yeah. very distracting and very bad. <laughs> It's thought, funny that you guys went to SpongeBob because I, I was thinking as he's opening the book and it says, do not read this. Dear God, don't read this. Uh, I, I was like, oh, he pulls out his best Kira Knightley impression. They're more like guidelines anyway. And he just starts <laughs> opening it. Or the, uh, the meme of Garfield looking at a sign that has a big cir- red circle with a line uh-huh. through it in front of Garfield. And he's like, I wonder who that's for. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Bender looking at all the sign, the do not enter signs on Fry's door saying, I, I choose not to understand these signs. <laughs> yeah. But there's, I, there's curiously, there's, there's like a, it's almost like a wanted poster type design, but it's Eric's face in the yes, book. And yeah. it says, dear God, <laughs> you, this person, stop. Eric, do not read. And he's like, I wonder who that's for. Yes. Well, yes. he, I, I thought I remembered that he starts reading the words and then there's like thunder or stuff's flying around. Like it's clearly having an effect. And he starts like stubbornly reading the rest of it. Like I'm going to get the rest of this out. I might've imagined it. It's a little more just like he reads it and then it wakes up the presence. And then later he's like, I made a huge mistake. (laughs) He also waits a real long time before he goes, Hey, I might have done a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know the movie's trying to raise some of the paranoia elements of like, what is actually going on? Is it just Mia being crazy and we're just in this weird abandoned cabin? Like, Uh don't worry about it. But I feel like it leans way too far in people like being paranoid and questioning everything. Yeah. Where I, I don't know. I, I feel like people should be a lot more on board with, no, there's like a possession well, deal. Well, going I feel like on. When, when Jessica Lucas is like attacking Lou Taylor Pucci in the bathroom and he's still like, yeah, I just don't know if it's demons. <laughs> it's like, and, I think, well, you know. Mia, like the first time they really start to think something's wrong with her, she um, causes like it's it's a uh, it's Galadriel from. Uh, oh, yeah. Fellowship where she's like, I will be a great <laughs> and powerful queen. Right. <laughs> like like all the there's blue light and the wind rips open everything and like she's i think she's levitating i don't know like it's yeah. it's very like how do you how do you oh, look at this and think, love like, me th- in despair yeah, it's kind of like yeah i think those are withdrawals i think that's all <laughs> like yeah. that's that that was definitely i think that is the biggest problem for me maybe with the entire movie is how quickly we shift into that gear um it really wastes no time. And part of that is because I think it tries to leave enough room for the third act to work, um, which I actually think the third act, when we've kind of just pared it down to what the third act is, it's it's maybe it's most effective. Um, but early on, you know, in the first one and even in Evil Dead 2, we have this slow build. Um, things are getting increasingly hairy and it's like, I don't know what's going on here. Um and there's a lot of time for characters to sit in a moment and be scared, be like, what's going on here? 
Um, but very quickly it becomes apparent, like, okay, Mia's possessed, and then they kill, um, you just said it and I forgot her name. They, uh, Je- uh, Jessica Lucas plays somebody. Olivia. Olivia. Uh, there we go, sure. Um, she immediately goes for the, like, scratch on her face off yeah. and all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> and it just mo- it just hits really quickly at that point. Like, there's never really a moment where they are exploring how the characters are reacting to this and thinking about this and feeling. Um, and that is that slow burn is so much of the mood yeah. of those first couple of movies where we're, where the threat is building up and we're seeing it on the edges and it's starting to affect people and maybe it gets one person, but we're not sure yet if this, that's really what it is that it's weird. Cause it feels like that would be more appropriate here. Yeah. If it's, if it's supposed to be a paranoia thing of, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it will be. Maybe it won't. Maybe it's just withdrawals. That should be more like when Lou Taylor Pucci kills Olivia. Um, no one else sees it, and David runs in. And I thought they might do a thing where it's like, "What did you do to her? Oh my right, god! Right. Oh, did you kill her? What?" And then he's like, "No, she was possessed." I promise. Yeah. Like, it, it almost feels like they there should be a thing there where you know they try and lock him in the cellar with Mia, and you know you get may, maybe you do something like that. Um, but everyone kind of takes too long to figure out what it is, and then decides very quickly that they're on board with that being what it is about the possession it, it's not balanced right and there's not enough um attention given to how to build that up and make it be scary and atmospheric and terrifying um while the the like as the audience where you know what's going on but the characters are taking too long to catch up there's not a lot of dramatic irony there um feels feels like some opportunities were missed with what they could have done with that remind me um after uh olivia gets killed seemingly and eric's all wounded don't they take him to the tool shed to kind of patch him up and it's him and david in there with <laughs> natalie and as she says some uh, some rationale for her going back in the cabin and that's where she has to cut her arm off at this point why why would you go alone sure like like just easy stuff know. like that i was like okay it's 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 devolved into just stupid horror movie territory yeah which is weird that, or not weird, but frustrating where this movie is attempting to, like, write some of those things from the original movie. Where I felt like all this stuff is easier to buy in the original movie because it's like, well, yeah. yeah, this is like an 80-minute camp fest. I don't, need, I don't need the characters to make logical decisions. But right. they, that, the, it's the original movie that comes up with the smart, you know, the, uh, uh, this, this is, th- these events happen not because our characters make a stupid decision. Whereas this one just kind of stumbles into that. And it's like, it's weird that this movie is the one playing into that trope more. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is a, a desire to like play into the conventions of modern horror movies. Yeah. And maybe it's like, well, you know, it's kind of cheesy and goofy if our characters sometimes act stupid. I mean, maybe it is kind of intentional. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I just, yeah, at that point, I feel like this tone doesn't click. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't well, sell it as much. The one that um, I, 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 oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't I feel like, I feel like I've invoked the Rob Zombie Halloween movies a lot, really just because this is a modern remake of an older horror movie. But I, I, this movie just, just does not affect me the way those did, sure. I mean, which, is a, which is a good thing. Um, the one part of it, I didn't like the dead cats, but the one part that did. So in the original Exorcist movie, there's a line, I obviously won't repeat it, where the demon possessing Regan 
says uh, a line about what a character's mother is up to uh, in the underworld. And it's an upsetting line, intentionally. This movie has a line like that that is worse, and I hated it. Um, And I don't know if the movie means it literally or figuratively. I don't like it either way, and I feel like you didn't have to do that. Um, A lot of the when you see like terrible stuff happening as like you see Natalie start to get possessed and you'll see, you know, supernatural things happen. You'll cut to Mia in the cellar, like shaking and looking around. Like she is maybe not causing it, but she's aware of it or she's connected to that. Um, or the devil connected it, whatever. Um, that's all I think pretty good. And obviously Jane Levy sells the heck out of all the demon possessing mm-hmm. tauntings and whatnot. But that one line, I think you could have rewritten. And I think one of the other elephants in the room that we haven't talked about is another thing that we talked about with the first one yeah. where we said, hey, probably don't have to revisit the scene where uh, the the tree limbs sexually assault uh, Cheryl. Yeah. And they do. <laughs> and they do it again. Yeah. It's a little bit different in a way that doesn't really help, but is at least a, a different take on it, um, where that is how the demon possesses her and yeah. not, you know, it's not like, I don't even really want to get into, no, <laughs> into it, it, it graphically it, in terms of what's, yes, what's happening, but it goes into um, her in a way that you could have just had her go ahead of the, it's like this black thing that goes into her. Right. It could have but gone it's, into her it's, mouth. it's not, it's a little bit different in that the original, one, I think the intention is like, this is a demon assaulting her or this is like, this is a parasite yeah entering her like it's yeah, it's yeah. it's a little bit different it still is like yeah don't yeah take it do something else there's another way yeah. to achieve reconsider there there were a couple of moments like kind of verging on that territory it's like like i i know it's supposed to be like violent and disturbing and whatever but that just feels like you're you've pushed past a certain threshold yeah. like there's the bit where olivia kind of gets possessed in the bathroom and I'm not going to say what happens to her, but there's like a quick moment um, with her, like showing her getting possessed and losing all control yeah. of herself. I was like, did we really need that in this movie? Sure. That just felt wholly unnecessary. Um, and, you know, I don't I don't want to be a prude about it because like we've watched all sorts of like trash. Yeah, I don't think it's prudishness, films, though. I, I, I think, I yeah, think, I think prudishness is more about like. Oh, that's beneath me. I'm fancy. I, I I think this is more about like, hey, come on, tastefulness. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I think there's a certain, uh, and it's it's hard to really define what this means because with horror, it's like it, you know, right. it is that visceral gut reaction is like, did it make you scared? But like, I feel like there's a certain elegance, like if you execute it properly, that it's like. Okay, you're still showing like very disturbing things, but you're doing it with a lot of class and like respectability, I guess. But I don't know. Like, yeah. so, I, I feel like some people are going to respond to this movie and be like, yes, this is exactly what I want for a horror film. Sure. And then they'd watch something like Hereditary, which all three of us love and go, that's boring and stupid yeah. and I don't care. I was bored. Um, like and I'm like, it. well, you're, you're missing like a whole bunch of yeah. stuff. But then they would argue, well, you're missing all the fun in this. Yeah. Or, or the, I like, don't think I am, the but and intensity and look what I can <laughs> yeah, handle. For, sure, for the most part, I I think the violence is pretty fun and creative. 
um, sure. outside of kind of those moments. I, there's a weird bit where uh, Olivia keeps stabbing Eric in the eye with the needle. Um, yeah. And it's un- kind of unclear. He has to pull it out, which is another worthy moment. He has to kind of pull it out from under his eye. And then he, later on, you see like blood in his eye. Um, it's a little weird and like not super. I feel like there, you, there'd be more. She stabs him like 10 times and there's not. <laughs> I was but the, confused. But the way that the sound effects are handled, it's almost like his glasses keep blocking yeah, it. But I, yeah, but it I, goes, I agree. Like, That's a little weird. And a little weird. maybe the original in, intent was that the, the nail was going to go through his glasses and he would have to actually pull it out of his eye and they said no that's that's too far <laughs> sure, that's where we that's uh, where we're going too far b- between that and the nail gun alex i wonder yeah. how you were holding up <laughs> i i honestly think i'm desensitized to it at this point like i yeah. i do i like i was like oh that that's really neat how they did those special effects like i'm very sure, sure. impressed by yeah. how that looks but like the, um, I, I was more disturbed by Mia slicing her tongue uh, in half. Oh god! Yeah. I think uh-huh. that that started to get to me a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then she she makes out with Natalie. Yeah. And then she makes out with Natalie because yeah, oh, god. yeah. Lesbianism is scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's a metaphor. Oh, yeah. It's a metaphor for something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's provocative. It gets the people going. Um, I I like. Uh, natalie cutting off her arm uh that is that is fun and it's it's upsetting because (laughs) she goes for like a quarter of the way up her uh upper arm muscle like it's it cuts right in there it's not she's not she's not like ah you know let's 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 go for the crook of the elbow here let's go for you know the four just the forearm here no it's like this is right in the meat of the muscle and you're like that that doesn't make me feel good um but she does (laughs) use a yeah turkey cutter to get through that and then there's a very disturbing shot where you see it hanging from the bone for a second yes it's good effects i mean it's 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 creative and and like impressive in a way that i think feels a little bit more in line because it is so over the top with uh the original that I, I i appreciated that that's good it's there's kind of a different angle here where we're not talking about michael myers murder pranks we're talking about like i don't know i guess uh necronomicon i can't think of an alliteration <laughs> noogies yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think, uh, um, yeah, a, a lot of... But it's a good movie, one. It's yeah. a good one of those. Whatever of, it is. A lot of this movie feels like when you see those, when people have made, like, really pristine art of, like, a realistic Pokemon, where it's like, <laughs> this is what <laughs> Jolteon would look like in the real world. You're like, oh, that's really cool. And then I go, I don't... But that's not what I want to play, <laughs> for me, personally. Yeah. I'm like, that's a cool piece of art to <laughs> look at. you were talking about how disturbing those can look sometimes. Well, absolutely they can. And it's like, but I also just want like the cartoony like Pokemon. Sure. I don't really. It's this is a neat bit of art, and that's kind of how I feel. Alex, you want this being a trailer? It's like it's kind of neat to see yeah. Evil Dead imagined in a more realistic, contemporary way. But for my taste with this kind of story, I'd rather watch because it's a potentially very upsetting kind of story. So when you give it, you just cover it in camp and these wild yeah. makeup effects and practical effects. It's like, well, now it's fun. This hits a little more like ah, uh. uh. Yeah. 
how do, how do we feel about the third act and the twist that uh, they can actually save Mia from her possession? I kind of liked it. Sure. I th- th- this yeah. is probably the, the part of it. I mean, there wasn't a necessarily a part of the movie where I was totally out on it. I was oh. kind of... We were getting to a point. I was like, all right, uh, David's try i really thought that like mia was gonna still be possessed and kill david and or, you know something weird was gonna happen there um <clears throat> i like that it's exploring the rules a little bit and maybe bending the rules some where basically um david that there's a nice moment where i i was kind of not sure what they were going with it and i like the setup not even setup and payoff because it's within 10 minutes of each other but basically he gets a um I don't even know. He gets a couple of like a battery and some syringes and he hooks them all together to create basically a uh, defibrillator, I guess. Yeah. Um, And you don't really know what he's doing with that because early on earlier, he's about to burn down the house with Mia trapped in the cellar. And then he's like, no, I can't do this. I'm not, I'm not going to do this. Um, And then, cause she starts singing the lullaby from when they were kids uh and so a little setup and fail. he he goes and builds that and you're kind of like where is he going with this and then the reveal is that one of the ways in this in in the world of this evil dead one of the ways you can get rid of the possessed is burying them alive um and so he buries me alive and then she dies as a possessed person and then he he brings her back to life with his makeshift defibrillator thing. Uh, and she is okay. And now she's, she's died and been able to come back. Um, Which is like, also a callback. Cause I think they said she legally died when she overdosed yes. and then they defibrillated yes. her. Yeah. Um, so there is, there is a little bit, we've kind of lost any sense of what that means thematically, but there's something there. Um, and then he goes back in the house and he gets uh, the keys and he gets a photo and I, a nice photo of, them when they were kids and then uh yeah eric attacks him and burns because david you you beautiful you beautiful idiot you should have known better <laughs> yes i think yes. he actually says i have to go back at one point and you're like no you don't yeah <laughs> you actually um, don't buddy and so then we follow you're Mia. telling me you don't know how to hotwire that car come on those keys are gone those keys are we'll walk it's fine yeah <laughs> um but yeah the uh the third act then becomes Mia um, doing getting getting away from the monster because then this at this point the um, devil demon has taken five souls which is kind of that's a little bit much that right. they established like eh, when you take five souls the walls will ooze green blood yeah well the it's, combo uh, meter <laughs> fills up yeah the, to the, spell uh, the word devil uh, you've you've gotten the 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 stars. Uh, yeah. from various areas and unlocked the secret bonus ending. The achievement, um, I used to be a human like you, pops. You're yeah. good to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It, we it, all should write an Evil Dead movie. We should. <laughs> um, or the uh, trophy list for a video game. <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all will write it. And Similar I will, undertakings. And I will star in it as the Dylan Minnette of yes. the Evil Dead movies. <laughs> It'll be good. We should do a fan evil dead movie and it's gonna be great <laughs> we know nothing about special effects no um i yeah then then at that point the, the skies rain with blood and i don't love that our villain for like the the personification of the villain is just 
I guess the woman who was burned um, earlier right. on, who's possessed and burned. There's not really like a. a I, I really thought we'd get like a demon prosthetic or something like that. And it almost sure. feels like maybe it was set up to be something like that. And then they were like, eh. I mean, in the, uh, the budget. in the aughts and early tens, the scariest thing was a woman with wet hair. <laughs> right, right. In a white dress. Right. I was going to say, also going along with that, it feels like they're, um, it's weird that they, they pull back on, on kind of the disturbing imagery with, with the demon thing. Cause it's like, it's yeah. not really, basically she's naked, but you can't really tell. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels like it's very, if they did have any ideas for how they wanted to execute that, it feels like they chose like the blandest yeah. version. Yeah. Which or, or to maybe you know, yeah not maybe ultimately works in the movie's favor because maybe if they did go with one of their versions we'd all be sitting here going no you took that too far yeah, as what well a, what a horrible idea yeah <laughs> um, but I think that sequence is ultimately good it, basically Mia's trying to escape through the shed she gets to uh, the the shed and gets the chainsaw and she has to get gas in the chainsaw and she's like getting behind bookcases while the demon girl is stabbing a machete through it. Um, and she's having to dodge around that. Um, and it like is cutting her leg, the top of her leg. Cause it keeps like just getting her. Um, and so she has to escape from it. And there's a whole thing there. She, Oh yeah. She, uh, gets a Jeep thrown on her arm and has to yeah. tear her arm off. I forgot yeah. or tear her hand off. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, I was expecting her to use the chainsaw to cut off her arm and like, she I just think actually that, has to like pull it away. Yeah. Cause I, cause I think it's, the chainsaw landed too far away. She can't reach it. So yeah. now she has to rip her, her which hand off I, to get to the chainsaw, which is, which I guess is supposed to be a subversion of just like, yeah, no, we're not doing the ash thing. We're going to make it so much worse. Yes. Yes. Um, and eventually she does <clears throat> stab the demon through the mouth with a chainsaw and you see it stick out the back and there's whatever. <clears throat> good moment good 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 final moment um isn't there like a nice wide shot where yeah. you just see like just blood flying yeah, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. back of the demon's head i i was like okay <clears throat> i haven't felt like any kind of emotional investment in this that was pretty cathartic i yeah. like that mm. <laughs> Gate, gatekeep girl boss you know it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good it's pretty good um and then uh ash has a cameo at the very end of the credits where he turns and says groovy yeah so i that felt so weird to me <laughs> because it Agreed. is to- it is total tonal whiplash it's it feels so like here's that thing you like goodbye um because i saw that he was in the cast list and i was like oh is mm. she gonna stumble into him you know no, i, I wonder if he literally just shows like up and says groovy and i was thing. like what <laughs> It makes a lot more sense when you think about Bruce Campbell being a producer that sure, do something sure. silly and dumb like that. Um, <laughs> I think if I'd been strange. more on board with the movie as a whole, I would have been like, and yeah. I get this? Good good stinger. Yeah. I, I, feel, like it, I feel like if I was an, a like, full-on Evil Dead fan, that would have bothered me quite a bit of like, okay, so you actually got him on a set to sure. do lines, <laughs> and he has nothing to do with the story. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Not, even a, not even a cameo in the movie somehow. Right. No, I mean, like, I, I at that point, I'd be like, just have him do a commentary track for the movie. Like, that would be more useful. Just have him, yeah. like, riff on the movie as he watches it. Why not? Um, and maybe he did. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of things that, that I, I at least think I know about uh, how the movie was supposed to end originally. Um, 
For some reason, I have it in my head that there was an after credit scene shot where Mia, like, as she walks away, she stumbles across Ash and his car, and it's supposed to be a, no, this is all actually canon with the original movies, and we're gonna make mm. more or something. I, I haven't been able to find any articles, like, confirming this, so this may just be, like, something I invented in my head. Um, I don't know why I would have invented this in my head, because I don't care about the Evil Dead films, but that, that may or may not actually have been an idea. Um, but I do know that one of the endings, and I believe this was shot, they were basically going to riff on the original ending of Evil Dead, where the 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 spirit like they do the sam raimi camera thing again it and it basically mm. just kills mia at the very end and they were and they were like that's not a good idea no <laughs> and i agree they they do a good they there's a nice moment where we show the kind of roll on credit scene or shot is the necronomicon <clears throat> flipping back open and flipping to more pages and it's like yeah. okay evil's not gone like that's that's enough like you don't have to do something like that again. So. Evil does not die tonight, turns out. Right. <laughs> Evil never dies. It just changes shape. Is, I think, what they say in Halloween Ends. That sounds right. Pretty good. <laughs> um, do we have anything else to say about this movie? I feel like it, it sounds like... Uh, I feel like I've come across as being very harsh on the movie. I found it entirely watchable. Yeah. Like, while I was watching it, I was like, yeah, I've got a lot of problems with it, but, like, if I were to see this in the theater, I probably would have had a decent time. I think um, it's entertaining. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and like I said, I haven't been high on any of the Evil Dead movies, so it's just like, okay, this is just kind of par for the course for me. It's a, it's a different, it's a completely different angle to take from this, but yeah. I, I ultimately kind of get the same exact result, so. Hmm. Hmm, quite. <laughs> um I, I can start for grades i'm Do i'm it. gonna go ahead and just give it a c which is what i gave army of darkness like i said okay. different angle uh similar result i i don't really care for any of these movies um the most the one that i like the most is the original still um it still has kind of that that quaintness to it and kind of that you know people you know you got a small band of of, of misfits that just want to make a good movie and it ends up just being a big old cheese fest like yeah. that's you know ton of charm yeah it's, it's got the charm um so yeah i'm gonna give this a c didn't hate it but yeah could have uh, been better i am gonna go harsh i'm gonna go d minus uh mostly because Lay down the hammer yeah it just not because necessarily i hated stuff well i hated one thing but really just because it just doesn't have enough to like raise that for me. Mm. This is not a, no, you drug yourself down to a D minus. It's like, no, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get there. I, I, I'm not like in love in love with the previous three movies, but I do like them. And this just did, didn't work for me purely on a Britain level, aside from how much I like Jane Levy, but she's in a movie this year called a little prayer with David Strathairn that I cannot wait to mm. see. And I think that's it's so, so a different galaxy from this movie. But it ends up being a that you think this. About. Yeah, right. Exactly. That you know about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just didn't. This one just didn't work for me. I'm gonna go C plus. I liked it just enough. It, it's sort of a just on the fence, and it falls a little bit one way. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, I stand by my uh, my original case that uh, I put the Evil Dead in the A range. 
that looks better all the time to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair. <clears throat> Agreed. Well, for recommendations, um, I can start. And I have another uh, genre, kind of spooky movie um, that I really just watched because of an actress I really like. That's right. I'm going to recommend a movie from this year called No One Will Save You. Yeah, starring yeah. my friend, my best friend, Caitlin Deaver. Um, oh boy, she's the best. Um, I say that like it's ironic. She really is one of my favorite actors. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, no. You should have been like, she is one of my best friends. She's one of my best friends. <laughs> we talked about John Denver. It's amazing. <laughs> um, no, uh, I. This is a. I don't know if it's a Hulu original or if I you think can it is. Watch. Okay, well, it's on Hulu. And it's a, a movie about Caitlin Deaver, who is a sort of ostracized in her community, in her small town, and she lives by herself after her mother has passed away, and basically she has to fight an alien, because an alien invades. And it's uh, the the big caveat I have to give this movie is that I went into it thinking, okay, this is going to be like one of those one-woman survival thrillers, like The Shallows, Hush, Crawl, where I, but instead of a, a shark or a home invader or a bunch of, croc- a bunch of alligators... Caitlin Deaver's going to kill an alien, and she totally fights an alien. Um, but by the end of the movie, it becomes more of like a sci-fi short story or like the like an episode of The Twilight Zone, mm. um, which is not a bad thing to be at all, but it's just not really what I was expecting or really what I wanted. Um, if I watch it again, I may, knowing that that's where the movie's going, I may be like, oh, great. And for some people that may have made the movie more interesting, um, maybe they were thinking, Oh, I thought it was going to be this like pulpy thing, but it's it's got a little more on its mind. Um, I don't think it's like incredible, um, but I do think it's it's good. I think there's some really neat effects. The alien design is cool. Um, there are literally five spoken words in the whole movie, um, and I think they do a really neat job of like Caitlin Evers by herself a lot, so she so she's not talking. It, it's not a like. I don't know. There's not like an answer to this. She doesn't need to talk. And if she's about to talk, something interrupts her. Like, I think it's kind of clever in the way it does that. Again, not necessary, but neat. Um, it kind of made me think about the first Evil Dead, honestly, where you got a, a you know, I don't know if it's as literally, it's Brian Duffield is the director. I don't know if it's his literal first movie or certainly one of his first movies. And he was like, oh, I've got this like kind of simple-ish premise and here we go. We're going to make something. Only this time he had a lot more resources. And he had a bigger name and really, I think, really good looking effects. So it, it's a different kind of approach in that way. Um, but really, the movie, I think, rises and falls uh, or rises really on Caitlin Deaver. It, it's all on her. And she is just fantastic. Um, she's just such a good actor every time I see her in something. And she has this wonderful blend of vulnerability and grit. And because she has almost no lines in the movie it really just rests on her ability to express with her face, with her body language, with her just presence. And that's, that's acting, you know, and, and she has it. <laughs> she is so talented. And the movie opens up with her like looking in a mirror and practicing smiling and waving. So I was like, all right, I'm already in, in love with this movie. This is already good. Um, I didn't necessarily say in love, but it's, it's, it's great. So I, I would definitely recommend it, but with the caveat that if you're looking for, a pulpy thriller where Caitlin Deaver fights an alien, you will get that, but then know it's going to be a little bit different towards the end, whether you like that or not. Um, mostly, I just really like that Caitlin Deaver has a movie like this in her filmography. I think that's really cool that 
you know, if I'm ever like, oh, you know, what what has Caitlin Deaver been up to? Oh, I got I got my college, you know, not college, but like my teen comedy and book smart. I got my a crime thriller and justified, you know, I got unbelievable and I got dope sick and I have this one where she fights an alien. Um, it's good stuff. No one will Maybe. save you. Britain, did you ever watch Vast of Night? I did. It also has some, some, uh, I was going to say dashes of that. The, in terms of the Twilight Zone element. I was curious if that's in, in, in a different way. Yes. Whereas okay. I think, I think Vast of Night sets that up a lot more early on that you're like, ah, this is kind of where right. what we're in for. And I think no one will say if you feels more like pulp thriller, pulp thriller, okay. pulp thriller, Vast of Night. I so. might have to give that one. I was, I was like, I had heard about that. I'm obviously Caitlin Deaver. I was like, all right, probably yeah. going to be, you know, a good performance, if nothing else. Yes. Um, and I was kind of like circling it, but I had heard enough like mixed things. So I was like, I'm not sure. But that's a, I think you've, you've sold me. Yeah. On and it's 90 minutes. Cool. Yeah. Quick, yeah. quick in and out. See Caitlin. You know. I feel like the biggest thing I am, uh, that is making me uh, really go for a horror movie kick this month is just how short so many horror movies. I know. Are. Like just. This franchise is inspiring me. I know that we are. It's just. Um, uh, I I completely forgotten that I have seen Vast of Night. Yeah, <laughs> I I was pretty sure you had. I wasn't sure if Brent had. So I, I found was gonna, I almost could not remember the title. I was going to ask you. So I came across I'm a glad movie. We didn't come to that. I came across I believe a French movie today at work called Cat People that is seventy three minutes long. There you go. <sighs> Guys, I I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> But look, sometimes the runtime can be a bit deceiving because sometimes it's like, okay, they know exactly what they're making. Yes. They don't want to beat around the bush. They they do not want to waste anyone's time. And the other, the flip of that coin is they don't have enough to make a movie sure. and they are stretching right. that out. That's true. It <laughs> sure, should be sure, a, sure. a pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who knows? Whenever I watch Jacques Tourneur's I, True yeah. uh, Cat People, I'll report back. Does that, um, in in terms of our uh, level of of film watching, does that then, if you watch that, does that put you a step above me? Because I I, I continue to have like, oh, I've seen 400 blows and you haven't. (laughs) Does this this set you above? Because you're like, I've seen cat people, (laughs) sir. (laughs) I take your 400 blows and I raise you a cat people. I raise you a few Kurosawa films, sir. (laughs) Well, that's that's the actual answer, but. We we've don't all, have actual We've all seen Citizen you. Kane. We all think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, what do you yeah. have to recommend? <laughs> yeah. Aside from Caitlin Deaver. Uh, I will stay on topic. Uh, I watched the pilot for Ash vs. Evil Dead, hey. and it is the best piece of Evil Dead media I've seen. Like, it's exactly what I want. The, <laughs> the the way that people have built up Evil Dead is like this big, crazy horror comedy cheese ball thing. Um, it feels like that show, at least the pilot, I haven't seen the rest of it, feels like that's the only one that's actually like fulfilled that promise. Yeah. Um, Bruce Campbell's ha- hamming it up. He's fantastic. Um, it, it genuinely has some decent horror sequences. And I, I don't know, it's just a lot of fun character building, but it's not taking itself too seriously. It just really, really works. And it, it does help that Sam Raimi at least directs that first episode. Oh, cool. But it really feels like, okay, he's got like the experience and he's got money now. And I, I, I don't know how big the budget is for the show. Um, maybe it'll start to, to show uh, some, some cracks as, as I go forward. 
Um, but I had a great time. I, I can't recommend it enough. If you if you even like mildly enjoyed any of these movies, I think you'll get a big kick out of it. Cool. And as somebody who has not really enjoyed any of these outside of the first one, I had a blast. Um, I actually I started five minutes of it. Not did not really get a chance to go any further. But uh, I think <laughs> I will probably have to try it out. Or maybe I'll let you build the runway and figure out how far you can go with it before you decide to uh, do it or not enjoy it. My sister's actually seen the whole thing. Ah. Um, and uh, I asked her, I was like, okay, because I, I couldn't remember. Does it end on like a cliffhanger and then they canceled the show? And basically the answer is kind of like in your, you can kind of head canon it where mm-hmm. it's, it kind of ends in a decent place, but apparently it does end on kind sure. of a cliffhanger cliffhanger before it got canceled so um good to know that going in yeah um do we know does evil dead rise have anything to do with that or the previous movies or do we know what evil dead rise is i i (laughs) i think it's supposed to be honestly i think it's supposed to be like a here's an here's an evil dead story you know what i mean from the book of the dead I think it's a push. It's it's kind of like a, a season of the witch type thing where it's like this is going to be an anthology series now. Gotcha. I think that's the idea, but obviously witch. we'll find out. I'm, I, can um, get, I can get with that. Also saw uh, Return of the King, the extended edition there in the theater. Go. A lot of fun. Over four hours in a theater. <laughs> um, it is funny. And, My and butt I hurt like crazy, but they killed <laughs> that you, monster. Uh, <laughs> set up a tent. <laughs> uh, make some s'mores. We did bring a lot of snacks, and I got like a huge tub of popcorn, and I refilled it. I just refilled it once. <laughs> I didn't go crazy. Could have. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it was funny, kind of watching it this time. I did notice in a few places. I, I do think the movie. The I, I I feel like there's an ideal cut of the movie that is somewhere between the theatrical mm. cut and the extended cut. I do feel like there are some sequences in the extended cut that don't need to be there. Sure. Um, oh, like Aragorn making the deal with the King of the Dead? Because it's more interesting to Britain if you forget about that a little bit. <laughs> at least that's how I felt yeah. at the beginning. I don't know. Well, that, 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 that's a good example, actually, because it is nice that they leave it on a cliffhanger and that way, spoilers, when Aragorn and yeah. and he shows up with the army at um, Minas Tirith, that actually like has a lot more weight and impact. Right. But... There's like the whole thing where all the the skulls are crashing down on them, mm. and they think they failed, and they see all the pirate ships going by, and then the leader of the ghost army comes out and says, "We'll fight." Yeah. Why did you drop the skulls on him? Was it a test? What's going on? Um. So this like is, skulls. <laughs> and my understanding is they actually shot like a lot of that scene like for the extended edition. Like there's some stuff that they shot after they had released the movie. Um. But yeah, there were certain sequences where it's like that. Does, you can you can take that out; it's fine. Um, but overall, really cool to see all three of them in a theater in a relatively uh, short succession. That's it's, those movies are just really good, and we will never see anything like it again. Yeah, at least until Secret Wars parts one through five. <laughs> if 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 you told me Peter Jackson was directing them and had like free reign over the filmmaking, I would believe you. How long has my streak of mentioning Secret Wars been going? Uh, five years and counting. I was gonna say I, I'm curious. I feel like you've at been some talking point about this since before Endgame. <laughs> I mean, probably. I'm just like I feel like now I have to find some way to work it in. 
since before you, the first time I met Tyler, he went, hey, I'm Tyler. Who do you think will do Secret Wars? I'm pretty sure we did our review of Black Panther, and you're like, hold on, this movie's great, but Secret Wars. (laughs) Yes, I know we've got Infinity War, but the real war. (laughs) Um, The real battle still lies ahead. Yes. I uh, was feeling the horror movie kick after we watched this, and uh, I was kind of like, all right, we got that out of the way, you know, I, I clearly liked it the most of all of us, but like, you know, it's, it wasn't really scratching the itch. And I was kind of like, what is, what is, what is Sam Raimi doing across the aisle over here? Uh, so I saw Oz the Great, <laughs> 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 um, not, not the other 2013 Sam Raimi movie, but I did see the 2009 Sam Raimi movie, Drag Me to Hell. Um, and I really, really loved it. That's I fun. think it is very good. <laughs> I think it's like <clears throat> the, the ex- the biggest revelation from this entire franchise is how much it has turned me around on like goat Sam Raimi at- yeah goats um, Sam Raimi as a character a character as a director and a character <laughs> his camera as a character um, <laughs> just like getting a better feel for his sensibilities outside of you know Spider Man I mean I we all like Multiverse of Madness I feel like we have to preface that every time because yeah. a lot of people are mixed on it um, but like. That was kind of like, okay, cool. That's Sam Raimi. That's what he does. Um, watching these has given me a lot more appreciation for his directing style and how when, when directors have that thing that they can just do something where the way that they <clears throat> make the movie <clears throat> and the like direction of it is so much their own style and so perfect and yeah. what they want to do with it. Um we don't even, I, I don't know that we've done a lot of directors that come close and, and sort of having that thing where it's like, oh, they've got that vision and yeah. it's it's wholly theirs. Um, and we've talked about this, like even Michael Bay, like that is sure. his own style. That is very much his own thing he does. Um, and it's Steven a very, it's, Summers. Yeah. <laughs> Peyton Steven, Reed. It's a take. It's <laughs> um, there, there is like, you can't really replicate it. I mean, we saw it with this one, like with Evil Dead. Like, it, you, you can't really do that. And Drag Me to Hell is so... It's it's PG-13, I believe, um, which is wild. It's it's very camping over the top. Yes. And so there's a lot more, like, gross out than straight gore. Right. Um, and ba- for anyone who isn't aware, basically the idea is that it's about a uh, bank teller uh, or a loan officer. Specifically, yes. that's actually a plot point. Uh, who receives a uh, curse from a gypsy because she denies her loan or denies her extension on her mortgage. Um, <laughs> and, that, and the whole movie just like spirals out of control from there as she is driven insane. Um, and I would say if, if you're interested in, in more Raimi or if you haven't seen this movie and you're curious, like almost, I think I had actually seen the very end of the movie once on like TV or something. And I'm almost glad I did. I think it is useful to know what you're getting into um, and kind of be braced for how the movie ends um, in a way that I don't want to give away any more of, but I would say like, if you're interested, it almost might be helpful to to know that going in because watching it, knowing it going in the ending, like I thought was fantastic. And like when I realized how it all clicked uh, made me like, I was totally like, yes, I'm on board. 
Um, <laughs> like this, this is great. Um, there's a ton of layers to it. Like the, just the overall feel. I mean, again, his sense of how to build something up and how to make things work together in a way that, that takes ramps you into horror insanity. I mean, the seance scene in that movie in both ways, ironic and not is completely fantastic. Um, it's so good. Like I, I was totally in love with it. Um, and it, it was, it probably didn't reflect too well on evil dead, but obviously I didn't, it didn't turn me around. to hate that movie. So maybe that's a, that's a point of that movie's favor. Um, because I did watch them like more or less back to back. Um, but it's very good. Also like 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. There, there's a goat in that movie that yes. becomes a goat like puppet. <laughs> that is my favorite thing in that movie. Yes. It's it just good. starts yelling and like insulting the main character. Yes. Um, yeah. Now, Tyler, that th- this was the film that Sam Raimi f- made following Spider-Man three, or a yes. return to his roots, if you will. Is it is it in any way like um, John Favreau with Chef, huh. where that there's a whole like meta element about like, Iron Man two and the aftermath of that? I'm just curious. Oh, not not from like a metaphorical, not not in like a a sense like that. Um, there was okay. actually like a very deep. Uh, metaphor fan theory thing that feels pretty much intentional um when you when you hear it and like look at the movie uh, that's very very interesting uh that i can't really explain at all if you haven't seen the movie and like without totally getting the new away. goblin was behind it all yeah it's about harry osborne yeah um is really what it's about um, you could see his I, snowboard glider in the background a, of a shot blink and you miss it yes correct um with the terrible spider-man 3 cgi and everything uh, correct um, it is it is really like it it's a perfect sort of demented uh horror romp um and i i had a really good time with it um so that's good i'm glad you saw that that's awesome i am i'm officially a a raimi fan i think uh and now i just have to like uh totally rethink everything about spider-man 3 and uh who who i get to hate for it (laughs) (laughs) It's all Toby Maguire's fault. Yeah. Um I I feel like I I aside from these movies I have not really gotten into spooky season, but I have been after watching particularly this last Evil Dead, I was like I feel like I should just watch uh Cabin in the Woods and Bone Tomahawk back to back and I'd basically <laughs> okay. get the overall feel that I I wanted from this movie, sure, but like spread okay. out across two really um, good movies. <laughs> interestingly, I so Alex, you showed me Cabin in the Woods forever ago, and it kind of bounced off me. I didn't, it didn't. Jeez, quite that would have been almost a decade ago. Yeah, um, I'm I'm all I the, watching this and like just getting back into horror a little bit. I'm that was actually one that was on my mind of like I should try getting back. Uh, I like the movie. A I lot. should give it another shot. Yeah, I like them quite a bit. And Bone Tomahawk is canonically. I, should, I think I should give I should give Joss Whedon another shot. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Goddard, but sure. <laughs> right, but he, no, I know. Whedon wrote it, right? I'm not, he co wrote it, it with yeah. Goddard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Richard Jenkins is in there. Great. There you go. I like when we do a movie that's a podcast is longer than the movie, but is still yeah. fairly short for us. Because, you know. Yeah. Short yeah. movie. Whatever. We had things to talk about. Normally, if it's around the hour mark, it's like, okay. Yeah. We, uh, 
Yeah, next week is going to be our uh, Halloween spooktacular. Shutting it, shutting down spooky season in style with Evil Dead Rise, starring Alyssa Sutherland from Vikings. And a bunch of other actors that Britain doesn't recognize. I, I, I am real curious about this one. Just, just because, it, it, based on what I've seen of the marketing, it seemed to not take itself nearly as seriously as this one. But it still feels incredibly dark. So I'm wondering yeah. if it strikes that balance a good bit better than this. I guess what I've heard is at least the intention is to blend the 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 2013 and the original stuff. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. I think it's in um, an apartment building as well. So none of those boring wooden floorboards. <laughs> it's like the raid well, or dread. <laughs> it, it does kind of feel like, and, and that's one of the things I also liked about Ash versus Evil Dead. Like the yeah. first episode has like a variety of locations. Like there's oh, a cool. trailer park, there's a convenience store, there's a bar, like it, yeah. like it jumps all over yep. the place. There's like an abandoned like house in the suburbs. Like it just, it's not all set in a cabin in the woods. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if we got another Evil Dead movie that just did that, I would, I would not, I would have next to zero interest in that. Um, Britain did send a meme that I think I, I almost, I, I kind of just want to like pocket it for myself. I think I might. We'll see. We'll see if I revisit it. But I think it's really just for me. Um, it's and, very is narrow cast. Yes. Yes, but I might. We might come back to it. There's still a backlog of Joseph memes that I have not gotten to, but there's one that joseph has just sent today that i think is really it's a good it's a good thinker um it's yeah, just, also the just, halloween just to confirm tyler the, this meme that britain has supplied it's meant for you not me yes it's meant yes. for ed, everyone with a song in their heart but so so it's lacking <laughs> dylan minette energy is what you're trying to <laughs> yeah. tell me yeah. yes um <laughs> yes but okay uh Fair. joseph has sent a hollow meme um is the the title of the email, <laughs> um, and there's a screenshot of a a Twitter an X uh, whatever you know this, uh, the the website uh, that sure. has posts in this form. Um, there's a a man with some sort of uh, beard going on. He's got a hat. It might be like a Michigan football hat. There's like a it's like a blue and yellow thing going on. It's hard to tell. Hard to tell. Do, do you icon. think he knew the characters from uh, Evil Dead Twenty Thirteen? Maybe. Might be friends. Yeah. You might know uh, David. He <laughs> <laughs> might know a David. I mean, what's wrong with that? Um, this His his handle is at drank turpentine. <laughs> There's that. Um, <laughs> the, the, his, his, uh, his name, I guess. I know I never know the difference between these two things, but his 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 what it says above that is your new dad, um, and the the text here is um. I gotta think. I really have to think about how I approach this. This is this is a tricky one. I think my description skills can get me through. Um. So so it says, uh, "Me after killing a werewolf, more like a werewolf." And then there's there's a squiggly bracket kind of thing, you know. And then uh, it's a little more creative than a parentheses. That's what we're talking about here. Um, and then it says, but this time I pronounce it were like the second person singular past plural past and past subjunctive of be. So it, it really, you would read it as, you, you would kind of go back after you do that. And then you, you'd think about it and be like, okay, what are we trying to get out here? You'd reread it and say, 
me after killing a werewolf, more like werewolf is is what we're that's yeah yeah pretty good it's pretty i like the i like the grammar approach i like the i think that's a well-constructed joke uh much like uh britain's uh secret and uh a top secret uh, meme that he has supplied tyler that was made for tyler yes. <laughs> correct how did you know i drank turpentine <laughs> <laughs> well you are a dad <laughs> And you know, dad's always in fact a new dad. Is this me? (laughs) Um, Pretty good. Drink turpentine is gonna haunt my dreams. (laughs) Um, keep sending them in, sending them in, Joseph. Uh, and listeners, if you have, if you want to recommend, uh, uh, what what our franchise next, we, we have no obligation to listen to you if you want to tell us what franchise we should do next but if you want to email us at here come the sequels at gmail.com or tweet at us at hct sequels um comment on our our blog at here come sequels.blogspot.com um any any of those things uh, or you know leave a review leave a review we're on we're on spotify and itunes like uh any of those things if you want to reach us and be like hey do I don't know. What's I don't know what a franchise we haven't even Simpsons. Liked. Yeah. How many Simpsons movies are there? One. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you want us to do Simpsons for Memorial Day, then, you know, bring bring it bring it up. Let us know. We want to hear your voice. Thank you we all for know. your sacrifice. Don't. What what are you burning to burning to hear us do? We will continue on choosing our stuff. Uh, and just going about our day but if there's stuff that you're like hey i am a loyal listener and this is what i would like to hear uh do it alongside a five-star review preferably um if you have to give us four and a half that's okay but nothing lower no no (laughs) except only fives Uh, we're gatekeeping and girl bossing now And we all have chainsaws and one hand. Yeah. Um, microphones are hard to operate. But. <laughs> 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 Other than that. I mean, they're just hard to operate normally. You don't even need a chainsaw. Right. Never mind that one of my hands is a deadly weapon. <laughs> but the topiary looks great. <laughs> wait brad i can't tell oh that's taylor swift from the uh <laughs> the blank space video <laughs> i think that's a meme for Britain. <laughs> sure well for alex but yeah <laughs> he loves the blank space video <laughs> he's like i don't know much about her she's in that episode of law and order and she made a song called blank space uh, it's funny. I do believe that is like one of her only songs that I have listened to more than once. <laughs> I, I haven't listened to that much Taylor because Swift. Because every time you hear it, you're like, no, 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 I can't recreate this moment. I'll never capture it. I mean, it. at some point, uh, I don't know what the song is that you recited um, verbatim. No, that was one it? of our podcast. Oh, not, the one with the shake it off with the hair. Yeah, shake, shake it off. It off. Yeah, because I had because uh, the the rap. You, you did yeah. have to listen to that a few times, I think, to understand what you were working with there. So. <laughs> did, did I? Did just I? Just steepling his fingers. To... My ex man. 
yeah. brought his new girlfriend. It's sort of a, a vocal training exercise. <laughs> did I listen to it multiple times or did I just Google it and winged it? She's like, oh my God. I think well, I would have at least made you listen to it twice <laughs> without a choice. Well, at least we know Britain uh, listens to it regularly. Yeah, it's I haven't listened to that song in a long time. They he do... listens to, he listens to it every day. Yeah. in his mind. Listen, it's always there. <laughs> I he brushes his teeth to it. To the fella over there with the hella good hair. Yeah, and every time I do the hella good hairline, I look around at my coworkers like, and who does that refer to? Come on, mm-hmm. yeah. Britain, you do canonically have the best hair on the podcast. Why, thank you. Uh, but too bad the listeners. <laughs> they can't corrupt. They, they don't know. <laughs> no, admittedly, I do only have the one hair strand sticking straight up like baby Huey. Just like a little. <laughs> I mean, it gives us its charm. It's but personality. It's, it's, quaff, it's, yeah. like, it's like the original Evil Dead. It's, it's quaint. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, it's like, you know, it's sure. good. And caked in makeup. Yeah, and um, makeup. I do. We are also when we do Evil Dead Rise next week, we are knocking out another of this 2023 maelstrom. That's true. That that set upon us, which I think was how we decided to do this for the. Po- I've been talking about doing it for the for a while because it's a short horror franchise. Um, but I know that uh, there we go. It's another 2023, and then I think we'll do some catch up stuff, and then it's the holidays. Who knows what's coming. There's a lot of stuff yeah. I'm looking forward to, and some some stuff that I'm really not. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, Aquaman. Yay, Craven, etc. It it is funny. Oh, wait, watching Craven's that. next year. Craven's a year yeah, from yeah, now. That's lost, that's true. Lost Craven. It, it it is funny because um with uh, even the the flashback movies like going to Lord of the Rings, they were playing uh, trailers for movies that were coming out, and a lot of it yep. is just stuff that's going to be fodder for the podcast, like the the Hunger Games prequel and. They played the Aquaman one. I just find it funny. Like, we don't need to get into the Amber Heard thing, but there's just, like, you can see, like, one landscape shot of their house, and you can see her just sitting there with Nicole Kidman. And then there's just one other shot in the trailer of her, like, in an action scene. I'm like, she's going to be in it for two minutes. (laughs) It's going to be really awkward, isn't it? (laughs) I can't wait. And on that note, we'll see you next time for Spooky Season with Evil Dead Rise, completely unrelated to Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I've been Alex. I've been Britain. <laughs> I've been Tyler, and you're. Build up!